to the Beanball, the most exciting podcast about the most boring sport. My name is Joey Price. And my name <laughs> is Brady O'Callaghan. Okay, you're making fun of me, but I actually had a reason why I did that. Let's okay? hear it. And this, this is a little peek behind the curtain. Yes. Okay? So when I, if I do the intro when I start talking, the music kind of cuts in and out a little bit. Ah. And, I'm not sh- and I'm not sure if that's like part of the listening experience for the listener too. You know, I have no idea. Sure. In these days, I have no idea what, what anything means, right? There is no so precedent. I re- so when I started talking, I realized I should stretch this out till we get to the end of the music and oh, then yeah. keep talking. That hey, it totally makes sense. I have noticed um, myself coming in earlier and earlier on that, and just having to stretch it out. Um, anyway, we're joined today by our good friend, former Dirt teammate, Kate Vatter. Kate, welcome to the pod. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Well, we're thrilled to have you. Yeah. Um, uh, Joey and I. Uh, another little peek behind the curtain is uh, we kind of forgot that we can have guests on this podcast. (laughs) Um, And so Kate emailed us out of the blue and said, hey, if you guys ever want to talk about this, I'd love to be on the pod. And we were like, that sounds um, so good. Thank you for reminding us what a podcast is. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, If you're listening out there, please feel free to contact us. The Beanball podcast at gmail.com is that the right email address i mean kate probably knows better than anyone uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes for All sure emails say they're from brady and then so when joey yeah. responds, it's it like really confusing for me yeah <laughs> brady married when did that happen <laughs> um it is con- confir- it. confirmed the beanball podcast yes. at gmail.com you can email there we'd love to have you on oh, save yeah. us from ourselves <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, well, uh, today's savior, Kate, uh, uh, is going to be talking about um, uh, bad boys of, of baseball, yes? And, yes. Uh, and the return, more specifically. But we'll also touch on um, some uh, general fandom and uh, the, the nationals. Uh, we have some spicy takes about them. Um, yeah, Kate, you live in the D.C. area now. yeah. And it's not my top choice, but it's <laughs> where my top choice grad school was, and then the pandemic hit, and now I live here. As, hey. as it goes. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's what happens. What are you in yes. grad school for? Um, I just finished in May political communication. Yeah, that makes um, sense. And I like graduated with honors, like hot brag, but <laughs> what I studied was really interesting and got like a lot of talk but is not actually like a transferable skill so i just like spent two years building up to like nothing oh no <laughs> to to a pandemic hit yeah and like <laughs> the pandemic hit my last semester was virtual it was a blast well yeah at, at least there's no jobs for anyone not just you you know yeah it's not just me that can't find a job yeah yeah I bet once, you know, we're past the pandemic, I bet political communication jobs will be popping up all over the place. Well, yeah. So I thought they're graduating into a presidential election year was going to be like a windfall of jobs. (laughs) And um, nope. (laughs) Okay. Yep. 
Well, one day though. One yeah. day. 2024, I'll find a job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, Kate, um, let's uh, let's talk about um, uh, the Nationals first. Okay. So, so I have a question for both of you because neither of you are New York baseball fans. When you moved to New York and found your baseball people, did you feel pressured to become New York baseball fans for either team or were they just like, we get it that you're not from here. This isn't your team. Uh, we, I mean, definitely I never felt pressure to become a Yankees fan because I would just never yeah. become one. Yeah, that's fair. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I ever felt like pressure to become a Mets fan, but I definitely felt pressure to pay attention to the Mets more than I was before I was living in New York. Right. Yeah, I would um, say that's yeah. accurate. Um, I guess I... So my team is Cleveland, who's uh, American League, and I thought, oh, it might be fun to have a, a National League team to follow. And then I got a little bit of pressure to um, follow the Mets. But I would say mostly I got pressure to not follow the Dodgers <laughs> more, more than anything. Um, what, what's it like in D.C.? So it's the opposite where I get like vitriol for not being a Nationals fan. And I think it's because like we were all just kind of like bestowed a baseball team upon birth I think you just kind of it's where you're from or like what your dad puts on tv it's just like given to you mm -hmm. and no one here who's around my age had that because I was 15 when the nationals came about so this is like a town of people who chose their team and mm -hmm. so they think I needed to choose it and like during the world series they were like what do you mean you don't like baby shark and why are you mad that the Astros are in, like, when the Yankees are, like, right behind the Astros and the Astros are cheating cheaters who cheat? And, like, they just didn't understand why I was like, listen, I'm going to watch the World Series because it's the World Series, but I'm, like, and sure, I'll root for you, but, like, you're not my number one. And it's just, like, people don't take kindly to it. Yeah. That is interesting. Do you, do you encounter Orioles fans? No. Weird. I would think that like there would still be a lot of Orioles. Holders. Yeah. Well, I should also say that the people I encounter are either not originally from DC and didn't care about baseball at all. So now they like moved to a town that had a World Series sure. and they got really excited. Yeah. Uh -huh. Or they're younger than me. So, like, their parents are actually, there are still some, like, parents who are Orioles fans, but their kids, like, picked the Nationals. Yeah. Which is, and, I mean, I do know, actually, like, two to three Mets fans. <laughs> Poor guys. <laughs> they'll they'll yeah. follow you everywhere, man. They'll just <laughs> Yeah, on. I knew, I had one Pirates fan in a class. Sure. Was, that was, that poor kid. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, the Mets fans. <laughs> I, I also, yeah, I think that, like, also when you're faced with something that Nationals fans were faced with last season, which was, like, finally, finally, like, winning their first playoff series and mm -hmm. then suddenly just kind of becoming the darling of, like, 
the league that everybody was rooting for all of a sudden. Yeah. I think that with that probably becomes like, what do you mean you don't care? You know, to, yeah. and, like yeah. you have, you live here, you have to, right? I think there's probably, I, I kind of understand where that mindset comes from. Yeah. Like it, it does, like I understand why it happens. It's just like, I need you to start understanding, like I need them to get over it. Yeah. And I remember during the World Series when like they were super supposed to lose and they started doing well. And my friend and I being like, there's going to be some scandal behind this. Something is up with the Astros and we don't know what. And then like this whole thing happened and they were like, we did not cheat in 2019. And I think they did. And then like two games into the series, they were like, oh, they're on to us and stopped cheating. And it turns out they were bad the whole time. (laughs) Yep. Hey, I buy it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just a to clarify. Conspiracy at the very least. Uh, just to There's clarify. There's no reason to think nice of them. You are a, a Yankees fan? I am a Yankees fan by birth. Um, yeah, that'll happen. Yeah, you know, family from the Bronx. Uh, yeah. 45 minutes north of the stadium. I had no choice. Yep, completely. Yeah, people people born into Yankees fandom, we, we give a pass. Yeah, I think Francis is one too. He's like yeah. really like Yankees born because I understand and, also why people got really into the Yankees, um, having those formative years be the dynasty years. Yep. Um, if you were born into a Yankees household and then and you were raised in the nineties, like yeah, you spell what? respect with a two, and that's and that's <laughs> that. Retupect, baby. Retupect. Retupect. <laughs> Retupect. I tried to make the joke at the high schoolers that I coach, and they were all just not in on it. <laughs> yeah, uh, turns out high schoolers don't care about Derek Jeter. <laughs> yeah, high schoolers in Washington D.C. don't care about Derek Jeter. It's really weird. That's so crazy. <laughs> I don't get that. Um, but yeah, I can see how that could be like um, particularly frustrating uh, for them as fans when they are so excited by this like new shiny thing. Um, uh-huh. And it's not that you don't care at all about this thing. It's not like, no, I don't really like baseball. I don't really care about sports. It's like, yeah. no, I really like baseball. I care about sports. Um, just not in the way that you do. Yeah. Yeah. Which is also, like, not fair of me. Like, people can like sports in their own way. I just wish that they would, like, let me like sports in my own way, which is to not like them. Yeah. I mean, my guess, and this is, like, you know, I don't. I don't know. Maybe this is mean, but I imagine that DC is full of like a bunch of sycophants that um, are just like looking to glom onto anything that um, breathes. Yeah. (laughs) And um, so like the minute that, uh, you know, it's like, oh, this is a fun, exciting thing for us to root for. It's just like, everybody's just like, yep, that's it. That's we're all in. It's exciting and thrilling and also doesn't like affect their job, like elections and like, yeah. Bill's mm-hmm. classing are exciting, but like mm-hmm. it does, like it involves 12 hours of work a day. And this is just like you can go home and like it and move on with your life if it turns out not so great. But yeah, that makes a lot of I sense. Know, I went to college in Boston and like did not encounter this problem with Red Sox fans, which is what's even more wild to me. Yeah, I think that probably though Red Sox fans understand like oh, no, like, you are a fan of your team no matter what. Yeah, that's like, true. If, I think if any fan base gets that, it's probably a Red Sox fan. And they probably don't want you to become a Red Sox fan. Yeah, they like know, having if, someone to hate. If I had shown you know? up to Boston as 
even a Mets fan, it might have been a different story. But they were just like, we're not going to try. They're saying, yeah, they, they're writing you off completely. Yeah, I'm not wasting my time with this one. <laughs> uh, so, um, what? Um, so you were born into Yankees fandom. Uh, what was? Uh, what were? Do you have like formative uh, experiences as a as a kid growing up as a baseball fan? Yeah. So there was like, I mean, late nineties they were just on like I feel like an asshole and I'm like and I think it's like why people hate Yankees fans is that we're not used to losing and we don't know how to lose um yep and so it was just like every year you watch all these games in the World Series and I only found out about blackout games like three years ago because no matter where the Yankees fan like no matter where they play they get a big enough crowd like I didn't know that was a thing um (laughs) But I remember being, <laughs> personally, I was very into Andy Pettit. Um, and then 2000 was the Subway Series, the Yankees-Mets one. So that was big because my town isn't like fully Yankees. Just, I mean, Yankees and Mets are so physically close to each other that nowhere is really one way or the other. Right. Um, so that was like, I remember being in like elementary school music class and having that be like what we were doing that day when we were supposed to like be playing recorder or whatever um can i ask you um can i ask you about andy pettit yeah and like what what it was that kind of drew you to him i am mostly unsure Uh it could very well be that like a friend's older brother really liked andy pettit Mm -hmm. and so that was just like imprinted um Andy Pettit was good. He just kind of was one of those guys that like just just was around for a long time. He kind of flew under the radar because he was with Mariana the whole time. And he was so like when the Yankees retired the four numbers for the four guys that all won the like four World Series or whatever. uh, Pettit was one of them. But like it was almost circumstantial because his fourth one he had left and come back. Whereas yeah. the other three were like there the whole time. And also Rivera's number had already been retired by then. Right. But, um, and like Jeter's was going to me. There was no question about that at that point. But yeah, I think it's also that Pettit like went away and came back. And I remember being at a game at the new stadium in like one of the first two years. And there was, Jeter was still playing and there was like a fan poll in the park. Like, who's your favorite Yankee? And Pettit won. I was was so excited for him though. (laughs) That's incredible. It was, it was so like such a lovely moment and he like had just retired and he still like won this, like it could have been Babe Ruth. It could have been Derek Jeter and it was still Andy Pettit. That's Um, so funny. Yeah. And then I remember really distinctly Mike Messina's almost no hitter. Oh yeah. Yeah. He had the 26 strikeouts like full strikeouts and then uh someone made it to first i liked messina a lot as a kid i I, honestly i haven't heard that name in a while and you just saying it was like whoa i really liked him he was great stuck with me it and i it was just like the i was i don't even remember who they were playing i remember just being so mad at that 27th batter like why wouldn't you just why wouldn't you just purposely swing and miss and like give it to this guy? Like you've lost the game. Yeah. 
the Yankees were up by like 15. Like, just like you could have been <laughs> nice about it. Like, you didn't have to do this. Yeah. Yeah, Messina's uh, awesome. Um, Hall of Famer as of, I think, was it last year he got in? I think it was this year. Yeah. Um, he's great. He's great, yeah. great. That is kind um, of under the radar guy, I feel. Yeah. Like. He moved, well, because he moved around a lot. Yeah, that's true. Right. And I, it's interesting. I feel like um, I, you heard more about Pettit, but Musina was like so much better than Pettit to the point where he got into the yeah. Hall of Fame and Pettit will probably not. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's true. Messina was on the Orioles for a while, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I I had this phase where I really liked the Orioles, and it was only because of, like, Cal Ripken, Mike Messina, and, like, Brady Anderson. I'll give you one <laughs> guess why I liked Brady Anderson, dude. <laughs> but I liked him. You know? I remember liking the Orioles, too, because of their, like, uh, bird logo. Yeah. I like as a kid, I liked that logo. Yeah, it's a real cartoonish bird. Like it's not a, it's not like a like the blue jays are like a very birdish bird, whereas the right. Orioles are like a fun mascot bird. Yeah, yeah. They did have that one little that arrow where they did have like a realistic looking Oriole over like mm-hmm. an orange diamond or something like that. Oh, anyways, I totally relate to like um, having your favorite player just be like, "Oh, it's this person." I have no idea uh, why. Yeah, you just pick one. Mine was yeah. Paul Sorrento. I was lucky this this season when the Yankees. I just like sort of picked one, and like it really worked out nicely. It was Luke Voigt, and now he's like <laughs> fucking killing it. So that yeah. was he's like he's the only person on the Yankees that's doing any good. Yeah, which I have a lot of feelings about why that is, but uh, yeah. <laughs> Brady, you were saying yours is Paul Sorrento, or was? I yeah, say. it was Paul Sorrento at the time. It, it became Jim Tomey, which that one makes sense, but sure. like for a while it was Paul Sorrento. Yeah. I loved Fred McGriff. Yeah. He was, yeah. A guy, for some reason, I liked a lot as a kid. Who knows? Nope. You're a kid. You pick one. Yeah, you pick one, and you can stick with it. You picked a favorite Spice Girl, you picked a favorite baseball player. It's just what it was. <laughs> A lot of it probably had to do with names you could remember, you know? Yeah. I mean, I will fully, it's topical now because he's on Dancing with the Stars, but my favorite Backstreet Boy was based on us having the same birthday and nothing else. <laughs> Wait, who is that? AJ McLean. Yeah. All right. Nice. Yeah. We're birthday twins. I feel like as long as it's not Howie, you're probably okay. You could have a reason. Yeah. Like and but also anytime you like really meet a Howie fan, you're like really happy for Howie. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> hey, no disrespect, Howie, if you're out there listening. He's still yeah, he's still got a great voice. I've seen them several times in the past few years. So. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Um all the all the Howie fans, please don't come at us. It's good that you like Howie. Yeah. Speaking of the the Howie type. Should we get into the bad boys of baseball? We should. <laughs> um, so I, this predicates, I assume you guys watched The Last Dance. Uh, I, some of it, but not all of it. But that's, Okay, but, but also yeah. you were like alive in the 90s. Right. So mm-hmm. you know, I feel like late 80s, early 90s, some of it I think was this like growth of celebrity culture and access. But that gave us these like real like bad boys in sports like you saw like Dennis Robin was like when we look back I mean now he has the North Korea stuff but like looking at what Dennis <laughs> Robin did otherwise 
like it's not that scandalous mm-hmm. right but yeah he still, like, like he would... dated madonna and everyone's like yeah, this and, guy's like, crazy yeah right. <laughs> um, and there was that and there was like all the like jose canseco stuff yeah jose canseco and mark mcguire like the bash brothers yeah mm-hmm. there was all that bad boy stuff and like even the what the pistons like of the 80s weren't they kind of like considered the bad boys yeah they were like real rough and like charles barkley was not a role model right yeah he totally is i love him so much (laughs) but i like coming off of that i feel like that whole attitude disappeared and then now you look at the major sports and it's like the basketball players who are really popular are based on being like very good people yeah and then football players there's not much going like the bad boys in that sense are like because they like murdered their girlfriends and that's like a separate that's like an interesting bad boy that's like a bad person yeah Mm -hmm. and there aren't like i don't know is brady a good boy but he like cheated but like in a boring way like who Mm -hmm. but i feel like right now and it could be because I'm paying more attention. Um, baseball has had like way more trolling bad boys. Like there is to some degree, like Joe Kelly being like aggressively about to hit someone, but then still following it up with like a dumb face. Oh yeah. And mm-hmm. he's, been do- he's been doing this for years. Mm-hmm. And so it's not, it's like a different bad boy, but it's a very like, socially conscious bad boy yeah this is interesting i i think you're absolutely right um part of that i think is um like it's almost like the ways that people are being like bad boys Mm -hmm. are more kind of have been more acceptable uh in basketball or in football than they have been in baseball so i think there's a little bit of like that element of it do you know what i mean sorry about the siren that's going on in the background right now um but yeah where it's like oh we're now just we now baseball has to become okay with like taunt a little taunting or a little showmanship or a little flashiness that is already kind of ingrained in the other sports yeah so like these bad boys aren't really like i mean they're doing i mean the joe kelly instance is like pretty bad it's kind of a bad boy thing he has a couple too he has some stuff yeah. like the cardinals like he's just kind of been building up to his big moment of suspension yeah i mean i think even like trevor bauer who we've talked about like has a little bit of this bad boyness to him in the same kind of way he, he's refined it it used to come across as like spoiled brat right um but he has refined it i wonder if it is like a little bit how um, you know, there was in the 80s and 90s this explosion of celebrity and access, and then that kind of became like almost like too much access, it, and so people dialed normal. it back. Like, yeah, it's just yeah. normalized, right? Uh, but yeah. now people are learning how to like utilize it, mm-hmm. maybe yeah. and capitalize on it. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I like wrote down. Well, so I think also some of this is the Astros brought it on themselves mm-hmm. and now like everyone's been able to re- like the whole league has gathered behind fucking with the Astros mm-hmm. and they've, but they had that bench clear a few weeks ago. Did you, do you with the, with the A's? Coach? Their hitting coach. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like yeah. Daunting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
and had the bench clear and like didn't get in trouble because like no one in the Astros has really gotten in that much trouble. Yeah. I think the bench coach did get in trouble, but no one, no player got in trouble. And you know, I remember when it happened, all the like internet comments were like, two more games for Joe Kelly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 It is like, it is interesting. I, I agree that like the, the Astros controversy to me was maybe this like breaking point where individual players felt a little bit more empowered to start like talking about problems that they're having Mm -hmm. um that we've now like seen in other ways too in a in a positive way but also kind of a bad boy way yeah I think it was like uh baseball has always been like clean language and like Mm -hmm. put together and then like you couldn't maybe you could try and like shit talk the first baseman while you're waiting there but you have to be like pulling paying attention like there's not a ton of it and then this combined with like social media just gave them a chance to just like be huge dicks in like a great way <laughs> yep. <laughs> and make like free joe kelly cleats and like not feel bad about it yeah so yeah just like really take it on and then this year too with uh being able to actually hear the on-field mics without the crowds has given some delight yeah absolutely yeah um yeah have have you um kate watched any um videos by this guy jom boy j-o-m-b-o-y no i would say watch some jom boy videos he's a good twitter follow as well mm-hmm. yeah and he does breakdowns of like moments in games that are weird or funny or just kind of i don't know exciting Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of what he does is like either read lips or basically find ways to like really amp up the volume of what people are saying. Yeah. And it's incredibly fun to hear. There was yeah, like two or three days ago, Luke Voigt hit, it was, it just popped. He knew it wasn't going out um, and it was a third out and they cut to the mic to be like oh he'll probably be sad and it was him yelling god fucking damn it and like throwing, <laughs> throwing the bat at the ground and like storming off like not even pretending to go to first just like storming off the field and i was like if there was a crowd we wouldn't know that right yeah, yeah absolutely we wouldn't have gotten that at all but well, yeah you- i just feel like and then like Dodgers having like their banner and their I saw that sign every time an Astro comes up to the plate (laughs) and like there is still like the underlying stuff too like when I was watching that Mets game when Cespedes like went missing oh yeah and Mm -hmm. they were very clear that like no one was worried which I think says something about Cespedes that like he's someone who can go missing and they're just like (laughs) it's fine it's gonna be fine yep where like if this happened to other players it would be very concerning but there's just like people that they just don't garner (laughs) concern yeah joe kelly sorry i took notes that's why i'm like reading it um (laughs) there there was that video that came out with uh it was cespedes right who they were like days before he um uh like left for the season was seen out like uh, salsa dancing with a quote sexy woman or something like this <laughs> and everyone was just like yeah this rules man <laughs> 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 like he should definitely wear a mask etc but like 
he's salsa dancing with a sexy woman. <laughs> yeah, it's, like good for him. It's yeah. It, yeah, and like just like I'm so obsessed with Joe Kelly too. There was a few years ago in the playoffs when he was with the Cardinals. Someone on, I think it was someone on the Dodgers at the time, realized that Joe Kelly always like likes to be the last to leave the field after the national anthem. So he stayed on the field to like face down Joe Kelly and it delayed the game 12 minutes. Oh my God. <laughs> and the umpire was like yelling that he was going to find them. And like Joe Kelly would like turn to get off and then like stay. And all the players are behind them like, we'll pay your fines. We'll pay your fines. Don't give up. <laughs> that's so funny that's insane <laughs> it's, so, it's so fun and like that's why superstition not- in baseball is good you know yeah it's yeah. such a superstitious sport and i love that about it yeah yeah it's and when they asked joe kelly like why are you the last one to leave and he was like i don't know i just did it once <laughs> and then now i'm still doing it and then now I it lasted twelve minutes and we almost got fined, but like I don't you're not I'm not seeing that in other sports right now. Like there's no, I think it's harder to do in other sports certainly, but they just like have these real opportunities to take their fucking time and like play the long con and through the whole season just like building up to some dumb moment like that. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think it's a lot of just like there. Yeah, a lot of players just finding their voice, you know, <laughs> and just going for it a little bit, swinging for the fences. Yeah, and I going back to Luke Voigt, just because I've been paying a lot of attention to him. He's done stuff like two years ago. He changed his number because someone was coming on the team that like already had whatever number he was, and he didn't care. And they're like, "Oh, why'd you pick your new number?" And he's like, "It's a tribute to my brother." And to date, he refuses to say what it is, and they like ask his brother, and he's like, "I have no, I have no idea what he's talking about." <laughs> <laughs> he's like, trying to like play up some feelings that like were not necessary, and then in like every press conference when Lemayhew first got hurt, they tried to put Voight as leadoff, and the press would be like, oh, do you think it's going to be, do you think you're going to be okay? And he was like, yeah, what kind of dumb question is that? Do you think I'm going to sit here and be like, no, I don't think I can do it. I don't think I can hit the ball. (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. (laughs) Just like, there's no reason to be hostile, but like every reason. And because that's a question that everyone's going to get in that position and that everyone is like media Disney channel trained to be like, oh, you know, I think it's going to be good for the team. I think we're really going to try it out. When like the right answer is like, yeah, I think I think I'm a good baseball player. I think that's why I'm on the team. I think that's why they put me there. Yeah. I do think like yeah, uh pre-show and post-show show, Jesus. Um game, pre-game and post-game uh like interviews and questions, they're all stupid. The players know it. They have yeah. the same canned responses. Joey and I were talking about a video compilation of Zach Greinke this morning and we this were, is our third probably third week in a row we're talking about zach zach Granky. he's the best <laughs> yeah we're all in on zach Granky. yeah for sure but <laughs> yeah. he has this moment which is like an all-timer uh just like smart ass response um to you know game seven of the world series and this journalist is like so it's game seven it all comes down to this and just like pauses for comment and Granky just goes yeah it's gonna be a big game <laughs> It just leaves it at that. 
I, yeah, and I, <laughs> and I don't yeah, know like, that I would. What do you call. want him to say? Like, yeah, like there's no other response to that. <laughs> so like, and I don't, I don't know that they're stopping the media training that they give to the other athletes. I think they're just rejecting it. Yeah, it's a beautiful it, new era in baseball. Yeah, I just look at basketball where it's like they all have foundations and are doing like wonderful things. And like, I don't want to, I don't want to be mean about it because they're being wonderful people, but also like, I would like if they didn't have to be. Yeah. But I think, I think part of it is that like, they are just more allowed to be themselves in basketball, especially basketball, football less so, but especially basketball. Like they don't have to worry so much about like, saying the wrong thing or anything like that i also think a lot of baseball players maybe until recently are like pretty boring uh um, uh, and that maybe just that we have like a younger crop of more like unique and interesting people who probably that is because they are in a time where they're allowed to be a little bit more uh uh, themselves yeah Um, but yeah like it's harder to like pick a role model in baseball right now than it is in other sports. Yeah, I agree. Except for uh, Tatis. I think Tatis is a a great role model, but like even Mike Trout, who's like wonderful, right? Good player. Seems like a good guy. Like he's kind of boring. There's nothing to point to where he like did a good thing for someone. (laughs) Like I'm sure he has, I'm sure he has, but there's like, I feel like everyone like, Dwayne Wade is like this wonderful father and there's no like equivalent to that in baseball right I think they try and like hide their athletes a little bit too you know they're like like these guys baseball players don't get FaceTime uh, you know I I don't know if that's on purpose just because people don't care yeah yeah it could be like I was watching I watched a lot of the U.S. Open and I got really into Naomi Osaka who like I think yeah yeah, I think it's like so cool and just like if i had a kid i'd be like you gotta watch her do everything right right and i I think it's like she's a good person but but there's just something like compelling about her too Mm -hmm. um just kind of all the time um uh, that and it's like maybe not fair to put that on her so much right that she is this like amazing role model or whatever Mm -hmm. but like yeah you know for whatever reason except maybe tatis like I can't really think of another baseball player that has that. No, and there, but there, ha- I mean, Ritu packed with Jeter there, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> like there were for like a few years, like some like really great guys, and then it just sort of like disappeared into like there's good players who you could look up to as a kid playing baseball, but like they're not starting inner city schools or yeah. Being- like philanthropic openly yeah. so yeah i was gonna say they don't have any cool movies like space jam but then i remember there is baseball in space jam <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes <laughs> but uh it's not well respected in space jam yeah i mean yeah not really just like not, just like michael jordan in baseball yeah it's it's present <laughs> yeah it's making a cameo appearance yeah Oh boy. Well, Kate, hey, this was so much fun. Yeah. Loved it. Yeah. 
What a fun thing. Thanks for emailing us about it again. Thank you. It's great. Yeah, email us yeah. again if you have um, ideas for next week. <laughs> yeah. And I'll respond, uh, and I won't say who I am. You'll just, yeah, I'll, just, I'll just assume it's, it turned into definitely being Joey after a while. Uh-huh. But it started questionable. <laughs> uh, do you have anything to plug before we go? Um, I have a podcast um, that's not related to this show at all. It's about the TV show Riverdale. It's called XOXO Riverdale. If that could possibly interest you, I know that there's not like a big Venn diagram of the two, um, but there's at least me. Like I'm one yeah. of the both, so you can check that out. Um, there might we, be. Yeah, we have the same theme songwriter. <laughs> there, there we go. go. Yeah, <laughs> I'm on social media at Kate Vatter on every platform. It's just at my name, um, and I would like a job. <laughs> Great, get yeah, Kate a job. And also, if you wouldn't mind, get Brady a job. And I, I too, would love a job. Yeah, just, I'm on LinkedIn. <laughs> this is the perfect plug. <laughs> All right, everybody. We'll catch you next time. The Bean Ball is hosted by Joey Price and Brady O'Callaghan. Our music is by Louis Aronowitz. And our logo is by Diana Kolsky. If you want to reach us, you can email thebeanballpodcast at gmail.com. Please rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google, wherever you might get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. People are going to love it, dude. (laughs)